telling stories from the EGA Clubhouse. Hello. Hello. We're telling stories Hi, from Elodie. the EGA Clubhouse. Yes. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Elodie Powers, and um, I am the Media and Entertainment Service Line Director here at Keyword Studios. And for today's podcast, I have the pleasure to sit here in our Burbank, California studios with Scott McCarthy, who is the head of dubbing for DreamWorks Animation. Hi, Scott. Hi, how are you? I'm good. And you're also, I think, a board member for the EGA as well. I am as well. So a nice little that connection right. there. Absolutely. Um, so today is a super special podcast because we will focus on the launch of the Hermes Awards for Entertainment Localization Excellence. It is the very first dubbing and localization awards, including excess services, um, for our industry at a global level. Um, and I, I'm chair of the awards committee, so it's kind of been like my, my baby, my project for so long, and I've put so much into it. And uh, to see it finally coming out, it's, it's, it's just it's crazy. And we're, we're finally here. And it's, it indeed is a big day that we're rolling out this platform and this website and the submission window is finally opening. And I know you're going to have some questions about what this is, how it looks, how it operates, and uh, really excited to be talking about it. Excellent. Well, congratulations for stuff to everybody that was involved in that effort. Yes, and, thank uh, you. Definitely looking forward to learning more about how this came about and how you got so passionately involved with it. So I guess that story starts with even before I was vice president of the EGA, before that job started, I started as um, being the chair of the awards committee and something there where Chris Fetner at the time when he was still, um, that was his main job, was part of the EGA, you know, before they shift over to Amazon. Um, you know, Chris had sat down with me and said, like, okay, this is our ambitions. We want to, we, we've had this committee doing some work up until this point. There was a committee before I took over as chair. Um, and when I came in, Chris is like, our ambition is to pull it off this year. And so it's like, okay. So this was in April of 2022, um, just eight months ago. And I never that, uh, I never say to Chris, like, this is ambitious. And I don't know how, I, I, first of all, I said, well, what am I starting with? Like, give me all the stuff that the old committee did. Like what, sure. like, where are we starting from? Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, well, you got a name. And you got some awards. You got some categories. I'm like, great. What about all the other stuff? Like, do you have the platform? Do you have a date pick? Do you have all of these other things, all these other elements? They're like, no, just do the name and some categories. I'm like, okay. So we're really kind of starting from, you know, from the beginning. Because um, we kept the name. It's the Hermes Awards. And the categories, actually, the first thing I did was slash them in half. Uh, we had, I think, 24 categories when we started. And I said, look, if we're going to pull this off and do it in this type of a, of a time frame, um, we are going to have to focus on a smaller group set of categories, do them right, and organically grow the award mm -hmm. ceremony. So it's not to say that we're, we're leaving anyone out, but we do need to kind of focus on a on a smaller set and really get started. Yeah, get, get started. And, and it has to grow organically. If we, mm -hmm. if we bite off more than we can chew from the start, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Mm -hmm. So that was mm -hmm. kind of my approach to really pull this off. Okay, great. And so who else was involved in the committee? 
So we have the vice chair, which is Tom McAndrew from Dolby. And then our secretary is Juliet Vivier from Hiventi. And then we have the, the committee at large, which I think we're 11, 12 members. We've kind of slowly been adding on as we've gone through this year. And it's just, it's been a real, the, the collaboration with the committee has been honestly one of the most rewarding and kind of fun parts of this process. I came in with like a go, go, go. <laughs> like we just have to, we just have to power through. And I was making decisions. Like we'd get something agreed upon. And it's like, okay, great. That's set. Move on to the next thing. It's like, let's get the next thing set. Moving on to the next thing. And, and, and the committee was really great because you, we needed to be a little bullish in that mm -hmm. way. But the committee was fantastic because they were able to say like, okay, Scott, like let's pull back here. <laughs> let's, let's focus on this. We can power through on this thing over here, but like on this category, on this um, submission requirement or on this particular, you know, aspect that we're, we're, that we're trying to create parameters around, like let's really think this through. Mm -hmm. We couldn't, we knew we couldn't solve every problem, but the committee was really great of like understanding where that push and pull was going to be, making sure that we struck that balance, but also kept it at a, at a pace where we could, you know, get over that finish line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And so all in all, the process took how long? Um, it took, I think I said eight months, but I'm trying to do the math now on my That's head. Amazing. So we started in, I think our first committee meeting was in March of this year. So everything from March until, you know, we are, I mean, we're recording this right now. I think it's September, it's September 27th, no, 26th right now. Um, but it's going to officially launch on Thursday or Friday of this week. So Super exciting. And so you you talked about the um, the main some of the main challenges to overcome was the sheer amount of categories and really focusing on uh, the wins to keep it um, moving forward. Um, what do you see? What does success looks like next now that it's coming to the world and it's live and it's happening? I you know it's we've thought through so many hypothetical scenarios because. As I would keep saying to the committee, every time we're trying to put this together, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> and you're trying to solve every problem that could happen. Like, what if this isn't fully fleshed out? Or what if this isn't explained in a way that's going to give the, the user of the platform the information they need to, you know, fully submit and, and represent their work? Um, you know, what if this upload doesn't actually work within the site or the spec isn't aligned with what the platform will take? And it's like, you know, you, you don't want to... You need to be very specific, but you also don't want to overcomplicate it. And you're just you're constantly trying to strike this balance. And I think there's going to be, you know, there very well could be things that 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 come up that we have to address. And I and you know, I think we should be. Um, I think it's about how we respond to them. That's going to be the important thing. Um, and if we can get through this, and everyone can submit their work and the, the platform works the way we built it to work and the, the award ceremony, you know, we get everything reduced down to the final five for every category and, and the ceremony actually comes comes about next year in 2023. I think that's going to be that moment where it's like, okay, this worked. We, we are all that groundwork that we laid. It, it actually came together the way it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. Great. And so when will the uh, first award show actually take place? What, what is that date? So we're going to follow kind of a traditional award cycle window. So it'll be Q1 of 2023, um, probably the end of Q1. So probably around, probably around March, honestly, March or April. Um, still a lot to kind of work out be 
before we get there, we got to get all the submissions out there. We've got to, we've got a lot of things to align, but the nice thing is we don't have to set that date just yet. I think we were focused on the the award cycle and the, the traditional window mm -hmm. of when these awards uh, roll sense. out. And mm -hmm. that's kind of where we've kind of kind of gently planted our flag, yeah, knowing yeah. that we can kind of move it around a little bit as we kind of really get into the weeds of, you know, getting to that next stage. I think the first stage for us was the actual rollout and the submission window opening. And it's like, okay, great. That hurdle we've now crossed. So now we focus on let's get the – the actual, what's shift the focus to the actual award ceremony and what that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And so the submission window is now officially open? Yes. And it closes when? It will stay open for three months. And that was done intentionally because one of the things that we have to put on the individual or the company that's submitting is you also have to have all your third-party approvals. I mean, we're doing work on behalf of lots of different clients and, and third parties. And so if we're submitting work that's for a Netflix show or an Amazon show or HBO or a broadcaster, you know, a theatrical studio, you name it, we've got to go back and get those approvals mm -hmm. from that studio. So, you know, it could be the studio that's submitting the work and they've got to make sure that they're getting the sign off from the vendor. It could be on the vendor side and they've got to get the sign offs from the studio that, that created the IP or the brand. So there's a lot of approvals built in there. And one of the things that we put a lot of thought into as a committee having been through this on other award shows, is that we needed to make sure everyone had the time to get all those approvals. So it opens as of, you know, today when this podcast uh, releases, and that submission window will stay open for three months. So that'll take us to right before the holidays. And so before, you know, before the, the year closes, that's when the, the submission window will, will, be, will be done as well. Excellent. And so who is eligible to submit? So it's industry-wide. So obviously it's being put on by the EGA. The EGA members are the ones who will actually do, be doing the voting, mm -hmm. but it the submissions themselves are for the in, the entire industry. So um, you are not limited to just being uh, a part or associated with the EGA, um, which you know that it, you know th this is this is something we are doing for our industry and for the community at large, and and it's not meant to focus on one aspect of of the industry that is the EGA. It's, a, it's supposed to be wider and, and uh, more inclusive in that way. And so the categories will cover dubbing, voiceover, accessibility, subtitling. Yes. So we're going to have a, you know, and actually talking about the categories, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of that we did is that we removed the binary categories. So one of the ways that we kind of reduced our group set of categories in order to focus on a smaller amount to get it right and, and then, you know, allow us to grow over time. Um, one of the first things we did was remove the binary categories. And I think that's a really important thing that we did for to be inclusive. Um, I think that's other award shows like the Gotham Awards, the MTV Awards, um, even the Emmys, although they haven't gone all the way with it yet, they've taken uh, early steps to to be more inclusive by removing, like when you get your statue with the image, you can actually have it say best performer opposed to a best actor or best actress. So I think that as an industry, we're taking steps that direction. So for the EGA to kind of be leading in such a strong way right off the gate with non-binary categories, I think is real important. I'm really proud that we're doing it. Um, so we're going to have the best voice performance for a television series, a feature, for an animated series as well as an animated feature because in our dubbing world, animation is really kind of sometimes its own discipline. Um, we're going to be focusing on um, categories for best mixing, 
best localized song. And then we also have best audio descriptions for a feature as well as for a series. And then finally, we're going to have best overall dubbing for a series, for a feature, as well as animation. And then we're going to be giving uh, away two specialty awards, which will be lifetime achievement and technical achievement. That's great. Sounds really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> which reading them, like kind of listing those off, I'm like, well, that still seems like a lot. That still seems like a ton we have to do. But um, if you can imagine, we started with, you know, over 10, you know, 10 more of those than just what I listed there. So mm-hmm. um, it's a good group to focus on. And, and it, you know, one, one of the areas where I think it needs to, we need to grow into is going to be directing. Um, directing was not included this year, but it will be in future years. That's very important that we get that worked in as we kind of get our footing and get established. Um, and then you can honestly break down so many of these. I mean, take audio descriptions and the awards you can give for just the writing, let alone mm-hmm. the overall work that's done with the mixing and everything that goes into it. So each of these categories can be broken into multiple categories where you can award for the excellence that goes into the the actual um, the actual category itself. So uh, there's a lot of space and room for us to grow and in, in where I see this, uh, where I see this heading. Absolutely. And in the interim, the uh, recipient of the awards could thank the rest of the team and yeah. know, do the typical award speech. And I want to thank, and I want to <laughs> thank. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so in terms of the location and how this will probably will happen in California for the first show, if you want to be physically attending, yeah. So the first show will actually be virtual. Okay. We created this whole platform in the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So and when we got to that point where we had to decide, we had to move we had to move towards a certain direction because there's certain decisions that we had to make that would impact the type of a show it would be, whether it's in person, a black tie fair, a dinner, whether it's a virtual something. We had to make that claim early on. And when we were in the height of pandemic, we didn't know if there was an insight. It certainly That's felt true. that way. So yeah, yeah. Um, we went at the time with virtual. And honestly, for the very first Hermes Awards, I think it makes sense. Again, it's about taking small steps to, 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 to launch this, to get, to get all the elements right. And then part of our organic growth as we continue to develop this award show, part of that will be the the inclusion of an in-person black tie affair, that kind of the traditional awards that, you know, could be, yeah, it could be held in California, but it could be held anywhere in the world. I mean, I think that's the beauty of the EGA. It's a global association. And I think it'd be fun to see this. Uh, I mean, this is just me personally. I actually haven't run this by the EGA management, but I think it'd be great to like have an in-person award show for the Hermes Awards where every year it kind of travels to a different country. I think there's Absolutely. a lot of a lot of, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, excitement you can build around mm-hmm. that. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I think it was the um, International Emmy Awards show who has um, judging panels that are globally located as well. So yeah. that could be something, yeah, you absolutely. know, to get everybody excited about it, to have local events. And, yeah, it'll be fun. Great. Um, in terms of the voting, uh, how the membership, the EG membership, would get to, to, to vote and become eligible to vote will It'd be split between different panels, different categories, live action, animation, and so forth. Yeah. So to start, we're going to keep the reduction process where you go from the total number of submissions you get down to the final five that ultimately the, the EGA membership will vote on. Um, there, I guess there's two rounds of voting. You have to have that reduction process. And then once you have the final five nominees then the, as mentioned before, like the EGA members will actually do that voting. But that reduction process is quite a process and undertaking in and of itself. Um, So we are using the 
awards committee as like the delegation in order to do that reduction process to get down to the final five nominees. But then we also called out some specialty categories like audio descriptions. Personally, for me, like I don't have a background where I've overseen that workflow. I don't know it the way that someone who does that for a living or has a company that produces that type of material the way they know it. So we have an access services committee within the EGA. So we partner with them to say, will you be that delegation for this particular category? Because this is your your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. This, you guys should be, you guys are better um, you guys can look at that in a way that someone like me and others on the committee that are just there on the awards committee in general, I just can't speak to access services in the way that um, that specialized committee can. And same thing for mixing. You know, I oversee a, a, a dubbing group at DreamWorks, but I, you know, you put me behind a put me behind a mixing board, and I'm not going to know which which lever to to to, to move. And so, um, it's not my place to really be the person that says like this is the best mix I've mm-hmm, heard. You know, mm-hmm. so we have a subset of delegates that were were chosen that come from that world that have the ears in order to make those distinctions to help us get to that final five in a way that when we actually put it forward to the members, we know that it's something that really represents the excellence in this work, whether mm-hmm. it is for performance, whether it is for mixing, whether it is for excess services. We wanted to make sure that it was a true representation of the best. That's great. Um, in terms of the platform, is there anything um, people listening to us need to know about? Is there a, like a website address that you want to plug in so that people can go and check out, you know, the the site and uh, see what it would take to submit something? Yes. So there's going to be lots of links that we will, you know, be putting out there with the release of this podcast. There's a press release that's coming out as well. The actual website is going to be the egaassociation.org/slash/hermesawards. It's a little lengthy, so I think uh, be on the lookout for some of the direct links that are going to be coming. Um, and that's going to be the place that really everything gets started. Um, and then I, to kind of go back and expand on one of your other questions about the voting process, once we get down to that final five nominations for each category, it's then the EGA membership that does the actual voting for the actual finalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we talked about those specialized categories like mixing and audio descriptions. You have to be nominated, nominated even within the EGA, just to vote on those specialty categories. Okay. So any general member can vote for best performance and best overall dubbing and best localized song and you know, uh, generally speaking, most of the categories. But when it comes to mixing and audio descriptions, we want to make sure that people that were voting on it understand what makes that a good audio description, what makes that a good mix. Because to someone who is actually providing those services to to people that need that service, they have a better ear or they have a better sense of what that excellence looks like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, Just trying to think if there's anything else that we didn't cover in all of the questions uh, so far that we we should mention. No, I think it's it's just about... Right now, it's about just getting the word of mouth out that yeah. this is happening. It's finally Spread here. The word. It's we've been working behind the scenes on it for so long. I haven't been able to talk about it. So I think for a lot of people, this will come out of the blue. Like what? There's a there's a dubbing awards, <laughs> um, and and 
what makes it so exciting is that it's really the first global dubbing awards. I mean, there are other awards out there for dubbing and localization um, and access services, but they're they're focused in individual countries and they're run by those countries or those territories. This is really the first award show for our industry, for our community in localization that that is that is truly global. So, you know, dubbing and localization and access services for a long time, it's felt very underappreciated, uh, misunderstood, not, not really understood. And um, it's never really been given the recognition and for the art that that goes into creating these these, these you know, this work that we do and that we're so proud of. So I feel like on a global scale, we're finally getting some recognition that our industry uh, deserves. That's amazing. So yeah, it looks like we're coming to a wrap. It was so good to have you here. Thank you so much for uh, letting me, uh, giving me this honor. Oh, um, no, I tr truly, for you to open up your studio and to let us record in this beautiful room, this is, this is just, um, you have set the bar for what all podcasts should be for the EGA moving forward, so. Thank you so much. And I uh, wanted to thank Manuele Pepe, our engineer for today. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Manu. All right. Thank Take you so care. much. Bye-bye. Join us next time when we share more stories about elevating the art and science of global storytelling.